This is Theology Gals, episode 11, with Ted Rosenblatt. This podcast is a member of the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. All right, welcome everybody to another podcast episode with Semper Reformanda Radio. Hi, welcome to Theology Gals. Welcome everyone to the Logical Belief Ministries podcast. Well, welcome to the School of Biblical Harmonetics. Welcome everybody to Grappling with Theology. What is going on, guys? Shine as lights coming at you. Well, welcome to Slick Answers. Good evening, and welcome to Conversations from the Port. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bible Thumping Wingnut Podcast. The Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. Ten podcasts, one network. Check them out. BibleThumpingWingnut.com. Hi, welcome to Theology Gals. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Colleen Sharp, and my co-host Ashley isn't with us tonight, but we do have a special guest. And before we get to that, just to remind you that Theology Gals is on the Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. You can go to BibleThumpingWingnut.com. There will be some links from tonight's episode. And tonight we have with us Ted Rosenblatt and some of you will recognize his last name because you're listeners to the White Horse Sin radio program where his father, Rod Rosenblatt, was on for years. Um, and But he is also president of 1517 Legacy. And did I say he's also my brother-in-law? I can't remember if I said that part. So, Ted, um, tell us a little bit about 1517, what you guys are doing, what 1517 Legacy is about, what, what you guys are doing. So... Uh, in short, 1517, the Legacy Project. So we have a simple vision statement. 1517 serves churches and the world by providing a message of hope for those broken by the church, supplying theological resources that strengthen congregations, and we model ways of engaging the culture in a manner that is thoughtful, courageous, and Christ-centered. And we okay. are working to uh, get materials out as uh, cheaply and as many for free as we can uh, while we have uh, a little fun returning to um, the the original Reformation from the 16th century. Right. And this is kind of a big year for that because this is the anniversary this year of the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, the 500th anniversary when Luther you know, they say Luther nailed his theses to the door, which is coming up in October. And so what sort of resources? So we, uh, some of our top ones right now are our podcasts, which obviously I would list as some of our free resources, uh, where people can listen to Dr. Rosenblatt and our executive director, Scott Keith, who is also the, the author of uh, Being Dad, uh, one of our very popular books on fatherhood in a, with a graceful focus. And, uh, we have a Dr. Francisco on there and it's, it's, uh, produced by Caleb Keith, uh, Dr. Keith's son. And we also have virtue in the wasteland featuring Jeffrey Mallon, Dr. Jeffrey Mallinson and, uh, Dr. Dan Van Voorhees. And that, that one has a more cultural focus uh, more of a, we would call kingdom of the left focus. Uh, and we also have, uh, we have another 
site that was just rebuilt and launched called themasks.org, which also has a more kingdom of the less, uh, left focus, which is less about uh, things about the kingdom of heaven, but more earthly uh, more earthly subject matter focus. And uh, that the primary um, columnist that we have over there is uh, Dr. Uwe Simonetto. We have uh, a whole series of free things that you can get in our freebie section on our website, in addition to all the things you can find in our online shop. And uh, if you follow us on our social media, you're going to be able to get the latest releases about everything we are uh, producing. You'll find our newest, um, po- all our podcasts, books. Uh, we just we just released a book in the store uh, this week, actually called The Reformation Then and Now, 25 Years of Modern Reformation Articles Celebrating 500 Years of the Reformation. And you're right, it's a huge year. You're going to see this kind of thing all over the place. There's a just you, there's many organizations who are focusing on the Reformation this year. So it's going to be kind of unavoidable for a while. You, if you remember, they even came out with that toy. The I think it was came out right. the Playmobil, the little yes. Luther. I, I have it. I have one. <laughs> I got to get one. <laughs> yeah, and... So is that from Modern Reformation magazine? Is that what those articles are from? Because I know you're I know a lot a lot of the guys that are associated with 1517 have contributed I know to Modern Reformation magazine which was an extension of the White Horse Inn radio program. Yes, this is exactly what you're saying. If you will go to uh, our shop, shop.1517legacy.com. Mm-hmm. That is one of the most recent editions. So you can scroll down and see that title. It's got kind of a colorful title or a yeah. colorful cover with the statue of uh, Martin Luther in green that you see in Germany. So yes, this is, um, these are extractions from, uh, select extractions from Modern Reformation Magazine, over 40 articles. That, that might be of great interest to our listeners. And everything that Ted mentioned, the different places where you can find stuff, I am going to be linking all of that sources, which if you go to BibleThumpingWingNet.com, click on Theology Gals, click on this episode. I'm going to be linking all of it. And you guys are doing something in celebration of the 500th anniversary of the Reformation with a conference, the Here We Still Stand conference coming up in October, which has both Lutheran and Reformed um, people that will be speaking at it. Yeah, we uh, one of the goals that we created when we created this organization was to align with like-minded people and organizations in order to help further the gospel. So uh, we are doing a larger version of what my father and Mike Horton proved to be so successful with uh, White, with the right. White Horse program. And we are extending that further and saying that we are not going to focus on our differences, which me being Lutheran and you being Reformed obviously understand that we have. But that is not where our focus is. We want to get together in these um, non-church-related events and functions and be able to talk to audiences with an aligned focus of the gospel and bringing good news to people because we believe that has been lost. The churches now uh, like to give uh, to tickle our ears with what we want to hear rather than give us what we need to be hearing. Right. And, you know, some people might not know, but when the White Horse Inn started, they were part of something called Christians United for Reformation. So they recognize, you know what, on Sunday mornings, we go to our 
own churches because we do have some differences of, you know, how we view the sacraments and some other things. But I also said we're going to have unity, though, in recognizing our need for reformation because so many evangelical churches have come so far from the reformation. And you you guys are reaching out to a lot of people who have been in some of these not so great churches and you know you recognize broken by the church and that's a reference to a message that's free on your website that your dad did called the gospel for those broken by the church where so often you have these churches that are legalistic that you know have that have really from Christ-centered preaching from the true preaching of the gospel you and you hear from some of those people don't you because your resources are reaching some of those people. Yeah, you'd be amazed. One of the things that we just launched um, relatively recently is our radio program called You Are Forgiven. And that program airs on an FM station out here, actually the original FM station that Whitehorse Inn started with. And uh, that is made to air. Uh, We have a time that it airs on Sunday night, but the primary place that we were aiming to have it air was in some of those dead or hard to fill slots for the radio station, um, three in the morning, you know, Mm -hmm. right in the middle of when people are probably struggling and that started going out. We've had, we have four select pastors from whom we are, uh, cherry picking some, uh, really solid sermons and making those available. We've edited them for, for sound quality and we have added in the scripture readings so people can hear the scripture upon which the teaching is based. And we get that out to whichever people are available at that time. And immediately, at least for one of our pastors, uh, we had a response. It was, it was three in the morning and uh, the phone was ringing by 323 that night. And we had a guy come in who was uh, in, uh, very much struggling, and we were able to help him. Uh, now, he was local to this one pastor's church, so uh, even though it's a little far away for him to go to that church himself, he was able to be directed with the help of our, our pastor friend to a church where he could be getting some good news. And he said that uh, the, the preaching, the gospel-centered preaching that we offered he had never, he had, in all his years, for you know, he had some dark parts to his story. For all his years of going to church, he had never heard that before. You know, my co-host Ashley actually has talked about that because she grew up in the church, and she says she had never gospel. And people that I think both of our traditions are trying to reach, getting the gospel out. So many churches are are doing everything but preach the gospel. And there's a lot of people who don't even understand the gospel. I remember, um, this is several years ago, but one of the producers from Whitehorse Inn went to the Christian Book Distributors Conference and went around and asked people, what is the gospel? And I think out of 100 people, only two people really were able to explain what the gospel was. And so this is a problem in a lot of churches today. You know, they go and preach self-help, you know. 10 steps to a better marriage, but and him crucified being preached. And those are, and those it, are some of the people you're trying to reach, right? Yeah. And you find that um, even in churches, I've gone and visited uh, some large churches out here being in Southern California. There's plenty of them. 
Um, and I've gone and listened and it's, it's, it's amazing how it can sound like you're getting the gospel. It's funny. Not all churches are blatantly absent of it. It's, Right. It's very, uh, it can be very seductive because the name of Jesus can be used and he can be modeled in front of you. But what you're actually getting is a message of um, how we can make Jesus happy at its core or how we can be more like Jesus. Right. And, and the focus is primarily on changing our behavior and living a life that is more Christ-like rather than delivering a message of comfort that says that uh, you have been died for and there's nothing you could do or have to do now right. to, uh, to earn that or maintain that even. And so one of the things I know that you guys have been very diligent about is really preaching law and gospel. And you can see it in your books. You can see it in the blog post. And that's something that you guys are really focused on. My, uh, my dad's work has always been let me back up. My, my dad's background is uh, one of doctors. We, we have a line of surgeons who came before my dad, and my dad was in pre-med prior uh, to going into the ministry and, and, and going down uh, the track that he has. And, but he's always had that doctor's bedside manner. He's always cared for the patient. It's been really significantly no different than um, than his father was with his patients. It's just that my father's doing it spiritually instead of physically. And what we're trying to do with our message, with the information that we're bringing people, with the gospel, is we are trying to bring uh, the kind of comfort that my father has brought to people for uh, a long time now. Uh, and we are addressing the same audience that he has been interested in addressing, and he has focused primarily on, on outsiders to the church. Uh, he's perfectly content to have the work that he does strengthen the faith of those inside the church, but he spends, he's driven to spend most of his time with people who are not insiders to the church. Right. And I know from hanging out at your, at your dad's house through the years, he has been such a personal influence on so many people because a lot of his past students hang out there and really see your father as a father figure who has offered them love, grace, and comfort through some difficult times. And I've, I've heard some of the guys at your father's house talk about that, that he really has loved them. Yeah, you can, you can even see some of these guys at, you know, at the event that we're having. Uh, by the way, the, the domain for that is herewestillstand.org. If you want information about that, um, it uh, you, not only is my father speaking there, but uh, Dr. Scott Keith is is going to be there, and he was one of the ones who had uh, pivotal experiences with my father um, in the way you're describing. And uh, you know, Jeff Mallinson was there on a regular basis. Um, it was you know, uh, Adam Francisco came in a little bit later, but it's amazing how many of, uh, the folks that you can get exposed to through 1517 have grown up, uh, spending time at my father's house and, and how much that changed their lives and formed who they've become and, and, uh, why they do what they do and teach what they teach. And well, Scott Keith's book, being dad, father is a picture of God's grace is based somewhat on things that he learned from your father, right? Truly. Yes, that is true. And you'll see that throughout the book. Uh, he, he gives you know, regular 
uh, hat tips to my father and the things that came from him along with some stories. So, and these are, these are critical things. I really wish one, it's funny, all those years ago, we were sitting on my dad's, in my dad's backyard. And one of the things we wished was how we were trying to figure out this puzzle. This is before the internet was as big as it is now. Um, and we were trying to figure out how to export the joy and happiness and comfort that people got there so that other people could have it. It was, it was something that wasn't, the time wasn't ready yet. And it's become clear that the time is ripe right now to do that. We have the right people. <clears throat> we have the right resources and everybody is moving forward on this. Who's involved in our organization uh, to a greater and greater degree. We see, I see the passions of everybody involved uh, rising uh, as they see the effect that this has. We, we continue to hear, you had asked me earlier, we continue to hear from more and more people uh, who just contact us out of the clear blue. Sometimes it's just basic theological questions, sometimes with just in dire need of comfort. Many of them don't give us their names. Um, they only give us what little information they're willing to give us. They, they come across as uh, hurt and afraid, and I don't blame them from my own experiences and having heard others' experiences. So we treat them with a huge amount of care, and we want to uh, keep bringing this to them consistently. This, this consistency is critical because people in the church are too frequently used to the bait and switch of hearing like they're going to get a great message at church. And then they get there and then it's a lot of get to work. It's a laundry list of things to do so that you can make Jesus happy. Like I mentioned before. Right. Instead of those things flowing out of what Christ has already done. That's right. If they could, be, if they could hear, yeah, if they could hear that, that Christ's work is imputed to them in their faith. If they could see like my dad's favorite uh, passage, Romans four or five, it's uh, it says, and to the one who does not work, but believes in him who, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. And uh, I remember when we were putting together some shirts and my dad uh, made it very clear that that was his favorite scripture uh, where there were some other good ones, but he said, that's the one he really likes because what it does is it strips away from us any, uh, any uh, ability to take credit for anything that we're doing, any anything, any part of our good works being applied to our salvation in any way. Our sanctification does not merit any of our justification. That's right. um, God doesn't need our good works to save us. And, you know, there's there's a lot. I've been hearing more and more of different versions of you know, Pelagianism and semi-Pelagianism, people who are denying substitutionary atonement. And just there's a lot out there. And we have a lot of people who've grown up in this stuff, a gospel that has that has no hope. I did want to mention all the things that Ted mentioned. I will um, link in the resources for this episode. But the great thing about the conference coming up, there's so many people because not only your dad and Scott Keith and Jeff Mallinson, but you have Chris Rosebro, which I know a lot of my listeners listen to his show, Fighting for the Faith. And you also have some reformed people. You've got Elise Fitzpatrick and um, Jared Wilson, I think. I mean, there's there. It's a it's a great lineup. I'm I'm going to be there, and I'm really excited about it. And what what's the dates for the conference, Ted? Do you know off the top of your head? I know it's in October. Oh, and I do want to I want to say also that the conference I've never seen a conference that includes so many meals included. So, 
I mean, I, I'm amazed that you guys have been able to put this together and that's going to cut back on some of the expenses that you sometimes have with attending a conference. And we have probably- uh, some very generous, yeah, we have some very generous supporters that have made this possible and we're very thankful for them that they have uh, such a um, passion to make this sort of thing easy for people to do because they believe that the message is so important and they have uh, really helped keep the price down and make these services available, um, you know, make the food available. And, um, and the, yeah, the conference again can be found if you have any of these details and the ability to sign up, uh, can be found at here. We still stand.org, including a full speaker list and a schedule and where it's going to be. It's going to be in San Diego. I, did you mention that earlier? I did. I don't and, think I did mention that part. Yes. Yeah, San Diego. And it's going to be in San Diego and it's going to be at the Hyatt Regency. I, all I can say, we, we had a lot, of, a lot of signups even by the end of last year. So seats are filling up faster than we thought they would. Um, uh, it's, it may very well be that we end up having a waiting list. So when people wow. look at this, I highly suggest that you jump on it because typically, you know, it's, it's known by many that uh, when you have these sorts of events, you get a certain amount of signups prior to the event, and then you get a lot of uh, people who jump on it right at the last minute. I don't know if there's going to be a window like that this time because people see it for what it is and they're diving on it because the price is pretty low for what you're getting. Oh, it is. I think right now it's still at the $179 mark. For a lot of conferences are that or even more, and they're not including the meals and things that you guys have as part of it. So I know um, a friend of mine is going to be going along and she doesn't live near me. So we'll be meeting up at the conference. And I always love that too, because I'm going to get to see a lot of people that I don't get to see on a regular basis, like you and your dad and um, Jeff and Steve and some of the guys that um, I've gotten to know through the years. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And we've, and we've got people showing up that we've not even met before who I've spoken to, uh, through text. Uh, we, they, they contact us, uh, through our support system on the website or they email us and, or, or they buy products from us and I interact with them for some reason on that. And it's amazing how, and we interact, uh, with them on that, but, uh, it's amazing how many of these people, uh, we just have great conversations with, and we haven't had a chance to meet in person yet. And sure enough, we uh, are, are finding out that they're starting to sign up and I can't wait to meet them. I can't wait to see them. You know, oh, I've, I've said to really a few of them, you know, it'd be great to see you and meet you. And, you know, I know you've talked about possibly doing a podcast down there. Um, we're going to be doing, we're going to be recording our content so people can get their hands on it, even if they miss this. And that's really the point. It's not like this is an exclusive club. We want this to be inclusive, not exclusive. We want to make sure that the content is available as easily and as freely as possible. Uh, and I am working as, uh, the one who is the head of web development. Um, basically I'm acting as I, as the head of it for the whole organization right now. And one of my goals is to constantly be improving our interface, our web presence. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, we're investigating uh, creating our own app. You know, we want to be able to get this content in people's hands as easily and quickly as possible uh, with as few clicks as possible. And so anytime that uh, we can figure out a way to make that even uh, that, that experience a little bit better, uh, so much the better. Uh, these, the content out of that, of that conference is going to be no different. That's that's really great, and that all of that will be available for those who are not able to attend. One thing you and I have talked a lot about is how millennials 
are looking for more traditional, confessional, liturgical churches. And I really, personally, this is a personal opinion, I think it's the consistency. Uh, On top of the fact that, like my dad has said, whether they realize this or not, that the liturgy one of the great things about the liturgy is that is that it protects you in that it makes sure that you get the gospel even if the pastor doesn't give it to you for some reason. So the, the liturgy goes through the text of Scripture, and using the text of Scripture makes sure that you get to hear uh, the forgiveness of your sins even if the sermon misses for some reason. Right. That's a, that's, that's a really good point. And I, I read one article that said, that millennials want something that is consistent to hold on to. And that's one reason for it. So that would make sense with what you just said, that they can go to a church that has liturgy and know that they're going to, you know, hear the preaching of the law and the gospel and confession and forgiveness of sins. Yeah. Some years ago through New Reformation Press, I remember when somebody was deeply affected by the fact that when they came into the traditional service for the first time, that it started with the corporate confession and absolution, that the whole thing began with your forgiveness. It didn't even wait to the end. It didn't even wait till communion. It began with everybody in there confessing and everybody in there being forgiven by a called and ordained servant of the word. And probably should mention what New Reformation Press is, because so, some people might New not Reformation know. Press is uh, the old company we used to have, and it is the forebear of what we uh, now have as 1517. We were, I was actually in the phase, uh, it was something I started with uh, my friend Pat Kyle, and we ran it for, I don't know, somewhere around eight years. And it was, it was really uh, more, I, I suppose, probably at the hobby level. You know, we just enjoyed making a few things and getting some materials out there, but it was never very big. Um, and as we were shutting it, or I was getting prepared to shut it down because we were just so busy and it was getting harder and harder to maintain. Uh, we, we spoke to some people who had another idea about how we might be able to do something different than what we were doing. And that was the very beginning of what became 1517 back in about 2010, 2011. And the books that you guys publish are under New Reformation Publications. Is that right? Yeah. It, yeah. It's a very similar name and it can be confusing for those who know of our original company. Um, it's different from New Reformation Press. Although we have uh, kind of converted New Reformation Press into an imprint for our publication purposes. So you will find uh, one of our imprints is NRP Books. So that's a hat tip towards the original organization. So uh, the, the concept of, an, uh, of, a, of a New Reformation Press does exist, but it's not done... Um, in, in a for, in a totally, uh, it's not a, it's not a corporation. It's not a formal uh, organization anymore. Right. And aside, and just for our listeners, aside from books, well, we I just want to talk about the books real quick. Some of you heard our episode with Brian Thomas, who wrote Wittenberg versus Geneva, which you can find at fifteen seventeen, and then Being Dad, which we mentioned, and then you. You guys have a new book on the Reformation. I mean, not the Reformation, the Resurrection. We talked about the Reformation one, but you have a new book on the Resurrection. Yeah, we have uh, a new one that we've launched with um, doctors uh, John Bombaro and Adam Francisco, which focuses on the evidence behind the the Resurrection and how we can know it's true. It's called the Resurrection Fact, and we just uh, just came out with a. Uh, a um, press release about this uh, just, just within the last couple of weeks. And it's been picked up by um, not only uh, certain 
uh, press organizations, but certain TV stations. So uh, I will say that I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in the not too distant future, our authors, one or both of them end up on uh, TV somewhere being interviewed, which is going to be great because the information that they offer is, is critical to take on the detractors who try to make it sound you know, we live in this in this age of, of a new atheist argument, which the arguments aren't terribly new, really. But they uh, they are having, a, you know, a, 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 they're persuading our present generations. And now we've got a book that really brings to light uh, information that can help people understand why the veracity of what you see in Scripture is so solid and why it is historically one of the most um, uh, trustworthy uh, historic books that we have even even more so uh it can be trusted even more so than the uh ancient greek texts right and you know this it's a great if you want something that respond that really gives evidence you know an apologetics book on the resurrection and you do have a lot of apologetic stuff you guys have um a lot of john warwick montgomery's books and messages and some of them you have some audio messages from him even for free don't you in the store we have some for free uh, but yes, we have uh, we have acquired all of Dr. Montgomery's materials. Uh, they used to be made available from an organization in Canada for many years, um, but we have modernized a lot of it. We are finally digitizing most of it, so we are, you are going to over time be able to get your hands on all of his works in a digital format for the first time. Uh, we started this process by making his audio available first in MP3 format for the first time. Uh, but we are also republishing his books. So you're going to see new artwork, new covers being designed. And uh, we uh, and we are making them available for um, e-readers and so forth for the first time. So we're trying to make sure that all formats are available for people, whatever they desire. And this is, this is a pretty big deal. Uh, number one, I know Dr. Montgomery wants to make sure that his materials are available in perpetuity. But I'm so happy that he trusted us to uh, curate his materials, you know, that we can take this with our organ with 1517 and move it forward uh, to the coming generations and that it won't just disappear somewhere, but can be made available uh, with modern formats with a new modern look as well. And those of you not familiar with John Warwick Montgomery, he has a lot of great apologetics resources out there. And, you know, he's, he's really got a lot of great stuff. I heard him on, I think it was Issues Etc. And this is a few years back. But one thing that he was saying is how much the internet can kind of help us in Christian circles to get out apologetics and theological materials to lay people. And that's essentially what you guys are doing. Because now more than ever, and I, you know, in our circles, I think we're seeing a new interest in reading theology and apologetics and that sort of thing. And I'm assuming you're seeing a lot of that in your circles too. Like you look at the success of the thinking fellows podcast, you know, with your dad and Scott and Adam, where they're talking about different theological topics. And that podcast has been so successful. So that 
that would point to people being hungry for this sort of thing. Yeah, people are uh, seeking more and more something that is, um, let's go back to scripture. Uh, it's, it's a reasoned argument for our faith. This isn't something that's based on our feelings. It's not based on my personal experience. It's not based like that says, like, you know, in the burning in my heart or something like that. It's not based on experience. It's based on objective, um, provable facts and events outside of us and the testimony of eyewitnesses. So, so when you come and, and uh, learn about these things, you can then walk away with a, uh, an ability to talk to people like, like normal people, you know, and uh, too much you have, um, I've talked to uh, non-Christians. They frequently will talk about their experiences with Christians being um, the kind of thing like I'm talking about, where they are, uh, where Christians in their experience talk about their feelings, their experience. That's how they know this is true. And it becomes relatively quickly a circular argument. And um, what we're doing is, is saying, well, let's look over here. Let's look at these witnesses who wrote down uh, this, this information, and let's look at all the materials that uh, support that from that time and in the years that followed. Right. And what you, end up, what you end up getting is believers who end up in conversations with Christians and outsiders uh, where they were able to say, well, look, there's evidence, there's overwhelming evidence that shows me that this is true. Right, um, that we for can me trust go, the Bible. Yeah, ultimately for the believer, it's going to bring comfort because they aren't they aren't having to trust their feelings today because I don't know about the rest of you but my feelings today <laughs> change right. vastly from hour to hour so it's really not a good way for me to I just don't do well that right. way I got to have something that doesn't move and that what this does is anchors us in God's word in a way that doesn't let it move so if my emotions swing from one side to the other today or in the next hour or in the next 5 minutes that hasn't changed and it's hugely right. comforting. Yeah. And Ashley and I actually have talked about that. And we've talked about how the psalmist sometimes, like in Psalm 13, says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? When he's feeling this desperation, he does not feel close to God. But then he ends with holding on to what he knows is true from God's word by proclaiming, but I have trusted in your loving kindness. You know, I and so I think that just like you said, I think so much our, of our culture and so many churches today are focused on the emotions. And I hear from women who say, but I don't feel what that girl over there feels. And but our what we know to be true about Christ is found in Scripture, not in whether we feel close to God that day or feel that it's true or had some sort of experience. So it's a, I think it's a good, good reminder. Well, we, <clears throat> Dr. Uh, Dr. Montgomery is the one who trained Dr. Rosenblatt, my father. And so uh, this project is focused and built on the work of both of them. And so you can, can you can expect a consistently apologetic flavor with everything that we're doing. So it's, you're going to find that uh, what we're saying is well thought out and well supported and, and, but the average layman should be able to come and feel comforted, you know, right. from a number of different angles on this. And that's the point. And even even learn to defend their faith to maybe their neighbors mm -hmm. and their coworkers and and those sorts of things, because not all of us are are called to be missionaries or pastors. And I know Lutherans are very big in doctrine of vocation which, you know, we talk about some in reform circles, but Luther was very big on it. You have a lot of Lutherans. Gene Veith talks about it a lot. And, but sometimes you can share the gospel with those around you 
where the Lord has you. Yeah, the uh, concept that somehow you have to have a second job within the church to have to be doing some proper vocation in your faith is, uh, from our perspective, uh, highly inaccurate, and it, it causes burnout, and um, they become you know uh, disillusioned. And so what we're doing is we, when we focus on vocation is we say from the Lutheran perspective, we say, look, and I know you guys um, uh, easily agree on much of this is uh, what you are doing with your average job. Like, uh, you know, the janitors that clean out the trash cans in an office building when everybody's gone home are doing their vocation. There are things that they're doing for their neighbor in their regular job that matches what scripture is talking about. This isn't about us picking up another church job and having to go out and talk to people. It will happen naturally as part of what you're doing. Your faith will be a natural extension of that. But it, it, caused, it causes um, people to be drawn to you. you know, they want to know more and it uh, opens doors. People are comfortable right, with that. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's great. And you know, we we do have differences and you had talked about how this, you know, in some ways was an extension of what your dad and Mike set up with the White Horse Inn and we can recognize that we have these differences, but that we can be united on the gospel and and united in trying to make a difference when we have so many when we have so many um things that are in common, you know, against some of these churches that are falling short and preaching anything but Christ. Well, I appreciate you coming on today, Ted. It, well, thank you for having, having me. You um, yeah, if, if people are interested in learning more, uh, obviously they can stop by 1517legacy.com. But uh, some of the jump off points that I, I recommend first for people who just have not heard of us or are curious for the first time about knowing what we're doing is when you go to 1517legacy.com, go uh, hover over the freebies section, uh, the freebies part of the menu, and listen to the gospel for those broken by the church. Uh, by uh, my father, Dr. Rod Rosenblatt. That was recorded back in 2004 and is probably the single work that he will be remembered for most, I suspect, based on uh, how it's affected people. Uh, Secondly, go and visit uh, our podcast, thinkingfellows.com, and get a sense of how we approach... our, our doctrine, our, our scripture, and you're going to get a lot of, of history. Uh, you're going to get a really solid education, but it's going to be at the layman's level. You're going to understand it. And I think that's why it's been rocketing up uh, so much in popularity. Um, we have, like, again, I said, we have uh, Virtue in the Wasteland. I highly recommend people go and poke around in all our projects. We have many of them, but the first two I recommend are the Gospel for Those Broken by the Church and uh, the Thinking Fellows, and then branch out from there. Right. And even for, we do have some Lutheran listeners, we have a lot of Reformed listeners, and they do talk about some things that would be of interest to Reformed listeners. I did an excellent episode on eternal subordination of the sun controversy, and, you know, they talk about historical things in the church sometimes, so it's not just um, aimed at Lutherans, so there's a lot of great stuff on there. I'm going to link everything in the episode notes on BibleThumpingWingNet.com. Click on Theology Gals, click on this episode. I'm going to link everything that Ted mentioned here, the conference, the website. Um, I'll link the freebies, I'll so and I'll link the gospel for those broken by the church. So you guys can check that out. And next week, Ashley will be back. And I'm not 100% sure we have a, another special guest we're trying to get on for next week to talk about sanctification. If that doesn't happen, then then we it'll happen the following week. Um, just a couple more items 
of business. If you want to support Theology Gals, we have a Patreon account now, which I will link. We we don't have a lot of expenses, but we do have some. Um, we want to upgrade some equipment and do some different things. And we also have a new voicemail, which I will link in the episode notes, where you can call and ask questions. And we're going to do some episodes where we answer your questions. So thanks for joining us and have a good night. Looking for that perfect track for your next evangelism outreach? Look no further. At TrackedPlanet.com, we have solid, biblical tracks that are a breeze to hand out. They are beautifully designed and are the highest quality tracks available. With over 80 different designs in stock and literally hundreds more available by custom order, we're sure to have just the right one for you. You can get any of our items printed with your church or ministry information or have us design a brand new track just for you. We are committed to the solid biblical message of law to the proud and grace to the humble. Each tract is firm on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the necessity of repentance and faith in salvation. Come check us out at TrackedPlanet.com and make sure you use coupon code BTWN at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's T-R-A-C-T-Planet.com, coupon code BTWN.